Hello and welcome to the next edition of the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump and uh, I want to continue um, this thread that I've been following here for a while now on computer check proofs and their sort of their utility, a little bit about their history. There's really a ton that one can say in this area. And um, I was talking last time somewhat, uh, perhaps somewhat discouragingly, about the lack of adoption of this technology. Now, you could turn the question around and say, why should we adopt your technology? Why should we have a pity party that more people aren't using computer check proofs? You know, isn't the burden on you, the technologist, to deliver technology that is useful, that people actually want to use? And yes, I completely agree with that. Um, This is not, you know... (laughs) If people aren't using something really great, then that either means, well, either it's not so great, or it's really great and they just haven't caught on yet, and or perhaps we're sort of in, in between, and that's where I think we probably are with computer check proofs and related technology, is that um, there's a lot, a lot of potential and power, but we still are not, um, we have a ways to go yet. Um, I think there's, uh, we talked previously about the fact that, you know, for formalizing mathematics, the tools, the computer checked the proof assistants and tools we're doing computer check proofs are not powerful enough to keep up with mathematicians. Mathematicians, very rightfully, and um, it's part of the elegance of their art and the sort of beauty of their their skill and their expertise, know how to take um, pretty good-sized steps that are well beyond the capacity of concurrent um, proof assistant technology to follow. Um, so proof assistants, proof checkers need a lot more detail than you usually find in mathematical proofs. Now, we're talking also about, you know, computer science uh, adoption of computer check proofs. And there you might think, oh, but this should be okay because computer scientists are used to slogging through details. I mean, you want to say, yeah, yeah, um, you know, I just want this website or I just want this piece of software. Sure, sure, your, your requirements engineering, you know, could be fairly high level, but at some point somebody has to go through and translate fairly high level ideas about how a piece of software is supposed to work into very, very particular nitty gritty code. And so you, you would think um, that probably perhaps computer scientists would be up to the challenge of doing computer check proofs. And you would be right. <laughs> we are, they are um, able to do these kind of proofs. And, um, but the question there for adoption was just that I raised last time was kind of why? Why? If I'm a computer scientist, um, I'm interested in computation, I'm interested in software and programs, and I'm not really interested in mathematics, you know? And, um, okay, and, and so, you know, writing a proof about my software, in addition to seeming pretty outlandish to most programmers out there, it's also, you know, so what do I get out of that? I've written this complicated piece of software. It does something really cool for my customer, my friends, my fan base, whatever it is. Um, why should I prove that it does something cool? You know, how about I just let it be cool? Um, well, you know, so now that's, I want to sort of turn now to the, the sort of, so we've gone to sort of the, the downward, down into the valley, so to speak, of a little bit sort of pessimism and sort of, you know, is this technology really going to, anybody going to use this stuff? Um, and now we want to talk a little bit about the upcycle of kind of the upswing of why people want to use it and are starting to use it. Um, 
and some of the enormous benefits that could potentially be reaped using this technology and why a researcher like myself and, and quite a good group of others are interested in trying to improve the technology and making it better um, so that maybe more people could use it. Um, and so, you know, the, the positive is just, um, if you're a programmer listening to this or if you, you know, think about this sort of thing, you know, we, um, we're writing code, right? And the code has bugs. This is just the reality. You write code and you make mistakes. So what is a bug? If you're not a programmer, what's a bug? It just means you've made a mistake in writing your program. Your program is trying to, you know, tell the computer or subsystems of the computer or whatever what to do. Please do this. Please do that. If we see this kind of input or this kind of situation, we're going to, we want this to happen and so forth. And um, it's complex and you're dealing with, um, you know, an infinite number of different scenarios. Typically, you're dealing with an infinite number of different situations that your software has to cover. And it's hard to think through all the ramifications and to think through all the different cases that might arise. And it's just very easy to make mistakes. And there's lots of tools out there that are really, and lots of practices. There's practices of, of software engineering and other things that are trying to help you avoid those mistakes or defend against them or catch them early or mitigate them. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that are trying to help you, um, you know, avoid this problem. But there's really nothing bulletproof um, except computer checkers. Ha ha. They are bulletproof. What, what makes software valuable? I mean, software is valuable because it does, it makes computers do things that we want them to do. And, you know, software is more valuable if it makes the computer do things better or, or more interesting things or things that we, um, that are harder to do um, or to do its job more reliably. Um, you know, anybody who's used, I mean, if you've used computers if you're, or if you're a technologist, I mean, you know, you've seen the painful difference between software that works, that's well-designed and works reliably and the other kind of software. Certainly, um, I can think of an example. My wife uh, is in um, med medicine. She's a physician. And um, they use uh, this software called EndNote for writing up their <coughs> manuscripts, uh, you know, medical research or um, uh, medical science research. And this EndNote program has some kind of integration with Word. And this is just about some of the most awful software I've ever run across. It's so terrible. It butchers your document. I mean, the, the stuff you have to do is just completely ridiculous. It's terrible software. And it doesn't work very reliably. It flakes out all the time. Right? So software that works reliably, I mean, is well, it's just a pleasure to use, first of all. But, of course, in certain areas, it becomes increasingly valuable. And in the past, the kind of argument that was made for using um, computer check proofs or what's somewhat more generally called formal methods, it just means it's a sort of a, I think it's a kind of a silly name. I'm not really a fan of the name, but that's, that's the name that the field has, formal methods. It means, um, it means applying some kind of formal logical reasoning in one way or another, maybe automatic, maybe computer-assisted you know, proofs, I mean, whatever it is, um, to software. And in the past, the argument that used to be made for formal methods was, well, we have um, software that's extremely, it's really absolutely critical that it works correctly. Avionics software, where if there's a bug, you know, it could potentially jeopardize um, the lives of everyone on a, on a large plane. 
you know, that's, that's obviously really, you know, serious. It's not just kind of, oh, you know, my, my browser flaked out on me. I mean, you know, your flight control software flakes out on you. You've got a serious problem. Um, implanted medical devices. Um, uh, there's a researcher. I, I was really enamored of, of this person's work a few years ago, and I think his name is Kevin Fu. I'm really sorry if I'm misremembering. Um, but if you just look for sort of like hacking implanted medical devices, um, this, this person um, just showed that medical device software is just, um, it's just ripe for the, for the taking. I mean, it's not hard to hack it. Although the hacks he came up with were quite ingenious, uh, but still it's, it's not secure software, but man, if we have um, bugs in that kind of software, right, that could, that could be life critical, put patients' lives at risk, um, and so forth. So it used to be that the argument for formal methods was, was really things like, like, you know, extremely dangerous um, situations that required perfect performance from the software. Um, you know, we also have our traditional arguments about things like where we're just where the a lot's on the line. You know, enterprise critical software, uh, financial software. I mean, that, the, the, the sort of cool new kid on the block is cryptocurrency and smart contracts. Um, bugs in that software can literally cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so uh, that's all very you know, pretty compelling. Um, but actually I'm just a regular programmer. I don't program for these like exotic situations. And so, but I'm still interested in having my software be correct. <laughs> it's, um, an exciting feeling to uh, write a program and have proved that it really meets some specification. And then to observe that in practice, son of a gun, it really does. <laughs> this proof stuff actually works. Um, and I have quite a few stories I could tell you about that. Um, I'm just returning home. And one, uh, so I have to finish up quickly here, but one story I want to share is um, there's a pretty famous project called CompCert. Um, it was announced in 2006 by Xavier Lavoie, who is the um, lead on the OCaml functional programming language uh, project. And um, it's a verified compiler for a big chunk of C. And they um, Xavier proved in, has proved and his team and collaborators and associates continue to prove properties of algorithms implemented in CompCert for compiling C code all the way down to x86 um, machine code. You know, I think they do ARM machine code too. And um, there, some years ago, maybe I want to say five or six years ago, um, a professor by the name of John Regeer, who's at Utah, um, who has made a, a, you know, quite nice research contributions over a number of years to finding all kinds of nasty bugs in compilers. He unleashed his, you know, snarling hound of bug finding uh, tools, a snarling pack of bug finding hounds on, on CompCert. And he devoted, I, there was a great, I think this was written in a paper um, of his, something like six compute years of effort to trying to find bugs in CompCert. And he did find bugs, but only in the unverified parser front end part of CompCert. The actual verified part, there were zero bugs. And it made a true believer out of him um, that, you know, computer check proofs do have the ability to absolutely and with complete finality put an end to a bugs, um, according, you know, according to the specification you provide. So anyway, I want to talk more about this, um, but I need to go for now. Thanks for listening.